Welcome to The Mind Podium, where we talk about all things mental health. I'm your host, Piyali. Having lived with clinical depression and anxiety for over 23 years, I aim to reduce the shame, stigma, ignorance and apathy around mental illness, raise awareness around mental health and through meaningful, open conversations, give hope to those who are struggling. My guest today is Nirali Nishchal, Senior Account Director at Factors PR. She has been in the integrated communication and marketing space for over 16 years and is a mother to four and a half year old Ari. Nirali suffered from postpartum depression for over three years and has lived to share her experiences with all of us. So thank you so much, uh, Nirali, for agreeing to do this. Uh, you suffered from postpartum depression for almost three years after the birth of your son, uh, Ari, who is now almost five years old. That's and nice. um, how and when did you realize you were suffering from the disease and what was the course of your action? Um, hi, Piali. First of all, let me thank you for having me on the show. Um, I think you've chosen a topic which is um, which is a real topic for a lot of men and women. Um, I think it's it's great that, you know, more people, um, you know, are aware of this conversation and are bringing this to the table now. Um, so to very quickly circle back to the question that you asked, I think I knew it from day one because it hit me and how. Um, I think in the hospital when they took me for my C-section and, you know, I held my baby and I came out, I felt, um, I felt like I was a completely different person. Of course, I was a mother. Um, but the realization that I was a mother and the hormones that actually took over me were entirely different. I didn't experience anything like that before. And it was new. Everything was new. I mean, you know, I was I was moody. I was cranky. I think I felt a real gush of unknown scared emotions, um, you know, out of nowhere. And this was in spite of having all my loved ones around. So I think the answer was that um, because I'm also a little bit of a more self-conscious person, so I did realize that the anxiety was hitting me. I think it was the realization that it could have been, uh, you know, postpartum was at a little later stage. Um, but I think it was it was the post-pregnancy anxiety that actually got me first. I was looking up some data and what I found was that one in five new mothers suffer from postpartum depression. And yet the awareness around it is negligible, right? Um, I mean, I'm glad that people like you have come forward to talk about the disease. But what do you think can lead to better awareness? And what's the need of the R? Um, more people like us who can have an honest conversation. I think that is the need of the hour. Um, Piali, I think it's very real, you know, when a lot of times people around you, and it's actually the women who tell you that, it's okay, this will pass, you know, it'll be there exactly. for a week or two, mm. and it'll go. It doesn't go. It really doesn't go. Um, I think I tried to tell myself that. Somewhere I tried to make peace with that, and it didn't leave me, Piali. So I think it was really, um, you know... Um, uh, I think it's real. You don't just snap out of it. Um, there's a lot that goes into it for you to gradually come out of it. But um, I feel like more honestly, when families openly talk about this, there's freedom to express yourself as a person who's a parent and who's going through it. I think that's where the core lies. Talk a little more about it. There's nothing to be shy of. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to be shy of. Uh, and, you know, uh, going back to your point on uh, the fact that it stays, um, you know, that I think is an indication that it is postpartum depression because what doesn't stay is baby blues. And I'm, I, ha I do have a question on that uh, a little later. But let me go back to my next question. Um, you know, postpartum depression is actually very highly misunderstood in our country because women have always been expected to be natural nurturers, right? And therefore be overjoyed by the birth of a child, right? That's the general expectation that we have from women. Uh, people often can't fathom why a new mother would be unhappy and often they forget that motherhood brings with it a whole new set of challenges that a woman is not really prepared to handle at all uh, yeah. particularly if you're a new mother and if you're a first-time mother right um, how much do you think societal expectations are responsible for the prevailing stigma and lack of awareness around postpartum depression i'd say 100 percent Piali. Um, I must yeah. tell you something, Piali. Um, there's, there's a very short story. I'll take like 30 seconds. To Absolutely, tell you yes. You could take um, longer. When I, yeah, when, when we give birth to our baby, that's, um, you know, Nishal and me, um, maybe at a later stage, I will send you the video of me holding my baby for the first time. I couldn't hold my baby. It, it it's it's not motherhood doesn't come to everybody naturally exactly it's yeah. you grow being a mother you have to learn it's you are a new person um i'd say that my husband was a much better mother to you know my child um when he was born because it took me a while to accept that there's something that came you know that 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 took birth in me and he's finally out today so when i actually held him it was really hard when I look back at the video today, I actually just smile and I'm like, I didn't know how to hold him. So it's real. I mean, you know, societal pressure, um, you know, that up to, you know, you're a mother and hence you have to, you know, like have all of these tick marks. Yeah, tick it's marks, like yeah. sort of compulsory. And I think that's what builds in it. But I must admit somewhere that um, I belong to a family and on both sides with my husband's family and my own parents. Um, luckily, Piali, I've I've not had this instance where I was pressurized to put all those tick marks. But it's definitely, you know, the pressure that you feel around that makes yeah. you do it. And I there's a lot of peer pressure as well, actually. It's oh, not absolutely. just... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure from your friends also who yeah, have already yeah. become mothers, right? Yeah. Um, I think which... we need to stop comparing. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I you very rightly said, yeah, and I think you made a very, very pertinent point, right, that motherhood doesn't come to everybody naturally. And I think as society, we need to really, really understand this. And the choice of being a mother is also something that women should be left to take. Uh, because ultimately, it's their lives that are going to get completely transformed, right? Um, I'm going to get into something a little more serious. That's uh, more to do with actually an incident that took place earlier this year, uh, which I'm sure all of us are aware of. Uh, uh, in January this year, former Chief Minister of Karnataka, uh, his granddaughter, Dr. Soumya, committed suicide at the age of 30. And uh, she was suffering from postpartum depression for a fairly long time. Um, why do you think we talk about depression cases only when news of someone taking a drastic step comes in. I mean, you know, 
we suddenly sort of get into this overdrive of talking about depression cases um, when when somebody commits suicide and then and and particularly if it is if it is somebody who is famous or somebody who's related to a famous family then obviously it grabs uh, headlines and you would know that much better than everybody else having spent 16 years in PR, um, right? Um, I, I just find this very odd. I mean, I don't know about you, but I found this really, really odd. I mean, it is as serious as, let's say, cancer. It is called the cancer of the mind. And then we only talk about it when somebody actually takes her life. And particularly with uh, reference to postpartum depression, I think uh, the conversations are very, very low, right? Uh, because I, I would say that the stigma with postpartum depression is actually higher because people just can't figure out why a new mother would be unhappy, right? Uh, what's your take on this? What's your take on, you know, um, really, let me put it in this perspective that, um, you know, today we are living in a pandemic world and when the first time COVID hit us, um, people were very scared to say that I have COVID, you know, it's like, um, it's like because it is infectious and it spreads, um, you know, at, 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 at a certain rate, um, you know, of course, people were very scared to say it. It's like a taboo that mujhe COVID hai. But I mean, look at, look at what we are talking about. I mean, postpartum depression, depression as a whole, or even anxiety for that matter that people feel is something that every single person experiences at some point in time in their life. It may be different occasions, the rate or the levels at which you experience it may be different, but I think all of us feel it. Um, the reason why it only comes to the limelight, um, you know, uh, particularly in, in postpartum is because like we mentioned earlier, Payali, I don't think people have the guts to talk about it. People have assumed that mothers are super women, right? Of course, they are super women, but they are humans. There is there is something that, you know, sort of controls our mind, our body. And there's something called as hormones and emotions that, you know, like sort of gush in together. And they create so many different permutations and combinations in your head and mind. It's, it's at time overwhelming. And that's when people sort of try to shut it. The minute you shut it is when you can't talk about it. And that's when, you know, you want to go to an extreme step that, okay, now I, now I don't know where to go. I need to lock myself in a room or let me just end this because I can't talk about it to anybody. People will judge me. What if they put me in a rehabilitation center or do I need to go visit a psychologist or a shrink, you know, or a life coach, like how they say. I think these fears are so much so built in people, Piali, that it's difficult for them to come out in the open and talk. So I guess it's only when an extreme situation happens where, you know, a person decides to end their life or, you know, chooses ultimate means of, you know, um, not being able to live their lives is when they actually, um, you know, I mean, sort of, there is awareness around it. But I guess um, the reality is purely that people should talk. I mean, everybody is around today to talk. Um, call somebody, have a conversation. Today there are helplines. I mean, today there are friends, um, literally like family, who will hear you, and maybe you actually don't even need a counselor. You can just talk to people and you know, like um, get, you know, I mean, get past certain emotions that you feel. But I guess, um, you know, it, uh, it's it's purely that people don't want to talk about it because of fears that uh, what will my mother-in-law think? 
oh what if my mother in law today watches this episode or what if my mother watches this episode today so yeah. i think they are very You're right. very real fears really right. i think that's right. the only reason people don't talk about it right right and in your journey of you know suffering uh, through the through three long years which is not a short period of time uh, did you seek help uh, did you seek professional help in the form of counseling and uh, you know and and medicine and you know what what exactly was the um, route that you took to get better there were two routes pearly one is the real realization that i'm going through it um the second is that by god's grace um i didn't have to go through the whole medicine and the um you know uh, uh well okay let me put it this way that i definitely did go in for a session or two of counseling um i'm actually blessed to have a husband who's done msc in psychology and i honestly sat down with him one fine day in the balcony and i said that talking to her is not helping me because my problems lie somewhere else i don't connect with people outside of my circle very easily on a one to one level and that's exactly um uh, you know uh, that brought um you know a real sense of responsibility between me and my husband i spoke to him every single day i spoke to my father literally almost every single day and expressed what i was going through um there were many a days pearly um you know when i would literally just literally hold my father on the couch with my mom holding the baby and i would cry and it would help me i will that's what depression that. feels like i mean that that that's what the life of somebody who's going through depression is on most days yeah. um my baby crying pearly would give me anxiety it was so right. bad yeah. i mean to imagine a mother would cry because a baby is crying mm. while most mothers you know would sing and care for their baby um all i'm trying to say is that just by me crying did not make me any less of a mother because it was it was certain parts of my head that were feeling gray at that point in time that were feeling numb and cold and i couldn't you know um i i i couldn't do a few things immediately for my child but um, right. i i don't think i had to go through medicine pearly but real life people and a lot of people around me helped me big time go through this can i tell you honestly apart from my husband my own family my house helps at that point in time really really took over a lot from me and that i think helped me a lot they i i had the time pearly to you know sort of fight what i was going through but yes i did have a uh, you know a couple of sessions on um, you know uh, postpartum with a counselor um, at fortus hospital and you know i mean that that's where my baby was born so we chose to continue there because my gynec was there as well so there was a little right. bit of a connect there so we chose to do that but like i said i think for me it was a combination of that session and um, what i what i got from my home that put things in in a good place for and i think it's so heartening to know that you actually had a no judgment kind of a space around you right where your family members whether it was your dad or mom or whether it was uh, nishal himself um offered you a no judgment very secure space for you to be able to express your feelings at that point in time i i will go back to a point that you made which is very interesting and it's actually related to my next question is that when a uh, parent or both parents are mentally unwell 
the child is also mentally unwell and that's something that very few people actually realize and in fact very few people know that new fathers can also suffer from postpartum depression right and um, how do you think you know men can be empowered to talk about their mental health and be allowed to be vulnerable you know priyali at the very start of my conversation i mentioned that postpartum depression is not just for the women who give birth but it is also the other parent the husband who will feel a range of emotions because he probably um has never thought that you know his wife would be an altogether different person um you know after the baby actually takes birth and i'm pretty sure that um you know today most fathers um do feel a certain level of anxiety but i think the world that we live in piali a bubble of postpartum depression and women has been connected very severely it could be real obviously you know because the hormonal changes that you feel are within us the emotions that we feel is within the women and not so much so in the men but what happens to me of course is taking a toll on you know the family members living with me and of course more so the husband because he is the closest to the baby and the mother at that point in time so i think men should be allowed to feel vulnerable let's create an environment for them where you know they can speak their heart and mind let them also express things like um you know um i mean i don't know how to hold a bottle i mean i don't know what to do when it comes to a diaper change i don't know how to put this baby to sleep or when a baby is continuously crying you know throughout nights because of xyz reasons um i think it does take over a man as well and you know priyali i would like to add um one more point to what you said that women today have five and a half months of mat leave maternity leave men have 12 days or you know that 15 or uh, i think about two or three weeks out of um you know paternity leave and i think somewhere that also plays a very big role because whether a man today feels all right or doesn't feel all right the pressure that okay now that the mother is at home you have to go to work and you know be like the man of the house sort of you know sort of plays the whole um you know role in the head as well so i guess um at some point in time it is okay for men to express that i'm having a really bad day too and today i feel um you know sad about a few things or you know probably i don't have my head in the right place so i guess um like i said piali it's because motherhood is so strongly associated with um postpartum depression somewhere the section of men who actually feel it are just left to themselves and i i just believe that let's give them the opportunity to also feel those emotions that we feel um in in a real sense absolutely and related to this is actually my next question on policy changes since you mentioned uh, uh, you know 12 days of paternity leaves etc now in the us there are policies around postpartum depression specifically right for uh, new mothers uh, and india is of course you know lagging behind and um, as someone who has suffered from the disease and is a working woman today right uh, what's your message to India Inc policy makers uh, i mean what would you like to tell them on supporting women and men going through postpartum depression i would say let's bring in a little bit of um gender equality for the lack of a better word let's also understand 
um, you know that while a mother breastfeeds her child and a father doesn't, there are many mothers who actually don't breastfeed their children, but you know they are raised on formula, and fathers are the ones who are actually staying up all night and doing all of that. So. I guess maybe a little form of equality is, um, you know, Piali, equality is definitely required. Um, I think we need to understand that a father is also a parent. Let's not forget that. You know, um, a very small example that today, if, um, you know, uh, somebody's son has not, or a daughter has not been able to go to school, a child has not been able to go to school, the first thing is, Acha koi nana, I mean, the ma mother will be at home. Why? I mean, let That's the father true. also take that day off. Let the mother go to work or let her go on yeah. with her day as required. Yeah. Let the father take the day off and be there for the child. I think today, 2022 and the years to come are all about that. And that's why I, I strongly believe that it's not a mother or a father as a terminology. It's 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 real. I, mean, I am a mother. Yeah. It's just parents. Let's yeah. understand yeah. that. We both yeah. gave birth to the baby. And right. God has blessed me to have a baby grow inside me. But of course, yeah. it's the father as well, um, you know, who's contributing to the overall growth of the baby. So I guess um, I, I would just feel that, uh, you know, today a mother and a father or the parent who's raising the child should have equal rights on it. It's it's very important. I mean, if the father's blood is in the veins of the baby, why shouldn't he have, you know, enough time with the baby? It's 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 yeah. a bizarre, you know, concept. And you know, uh, data suggests that financially disadvantaged women are actually more likely to develop postpartum depression than the rest. Having been worked for sixteen years and been a working mother for five years uh, now, how important do you think it is for working women to get back to work? after delivering a child to ensure that they're connected to their pre-delivery life. While every woman should be allowed to, you know, uh, her own time to actually decide whether or not she wants to get back to work. But what's your take on this? So, Piali, um, I felt much, much better when, um, you know, uh, my husband, my parents and my in-laws said that, go to work, Nirali. Or if you don't want to, you know, take up a full-time job, maybe look at some part-time option, but go out of home, get yourself some time. And I think somewhere when on day one, I picked up my bag um, and I and I stepped into the cab or, you know, I, I actually took my transport and I went to office, I felt a different part of me come alive. Um, having said that, I have very, very dear friends, Piali, um, who actually chose to be stay-home mothers and they absolutely. decided that's that, a choice yeah yes yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. and and very very significant careers that they've had before they've had their child right um they are doing absolutely fine i think financially um, it's really up to what you share with, you know, your husband and your family and how, um, you know, things um, at your family level are. Um, but I just feel like people should make the right choice for them. If that means that, you know, going to work and helping and talking to people will help resolve the situation that you are in or will make you feel better, 
do that let me give you an example piyali so i am a communicator by um, you know by profession mm-hmm. and somewhere i felt that that part of my career where i could communicate with a different set of people on a daily basis helped me slowly and steadily get out of what i was feeling because i'm a okay people yeah. person is a very loose term but i hope you understand what i'm saying and people listening to the show understand that when you're when you're always in a circle when you're talking to so many people probably that's the thing that really helps you so i guess you know in my case that helped me but in terms of um, financially independent or not independent woman i think somewhere i would tend to agree that when you are at home you know continuously in those um, you know little walls that we all live in and there is nowhere where you find that outlet to put your emotions through i think it definitely pain points and especially for women who have had um, you know their own bank accounts who have had their own salaries come in on time who've had exactly. some sort of yeah, yeah who've had yeah. some sort of financial independence, independence yeah. It, yeah yeah i think it does pinch a little bit you know when you have to sort of say that um, i want to go out and um, you know probably just just get a dress for myself or you know put on a lipstick and when you feel that crunch that okay i need to ask somebody for money i think that hits yeah, so maybe yeah. um take up a hobby or you know take up something that can give you you know that freedom to earn a little bit even being at home it's not necessary right. that you have to come right. in an office environment and do it but maybe in some form try and find your independence but like i said piyali i mean you know today some families are doing you know i mean they do really well and um money is never really a problem for them so i guess um you know to each their own but to answer your question i definitely feel that uh women with lesser financial independence may feel a little more of these these emotions and anxiousness and depression so so essentially i mean you are backing the data and there is truth in the data yeah. and and i think there are two ways of looking at it one like you said is um uh, to just get connected to your pre delivery life yes. right and i yes. think to to have that sense of normalcy around you right yes. uh which i think a lot of us felt when we went back to our normal lives even after covid right i mean now the fact yes. that you know we can go and have a meal at a restaurant is is i think reassuring it's a bit like that even for a new mother right because suddenly yes. her life changes completely and the second thing is obviously the financial aspect of it which is to say that you know i've been independent all this all this time and now i don't want to be dependent on somebody to take uh, very minor financial decisions uh, for myself right so i think it's a combination of both now um i want to um ask you um uh, you know a slightly lighter question which is about films and uh, you know i i'm sure being a communicator films is a medium that you rely on quite heavily and you watch a lot of um and there are a bunch of you know excellent films that hollywood at least has made in the last 30 years on postpartum depression i mean if i could name a few uh, there's there's been a mouthful affair or the lost daughter uh, and we have seen very powerful portrayals of women battling postpartum depression on screen uh is there a film that is your favorite and uh, what role do you think celluloid plays in normalizing conversations around mental health and mental illnesses uh, specifically piyali so uh, since this is a lighter question let me make it a little more lighter i think in the first 3 4 years of um, you know raising 
my son, I don't think I've watched any movies. In Because fact, there's the simply movies, no time for it. Yeah. There is simply no time. And I had a baby who was extremely active in the nights and would sleep in the daytime. <laughs> so it was, yeah, for me, I was, I was living a reverse cycle. So let me be honest. The only movies that I have watched in the last four years have been a whole lot of lovely nursery rhymes, some moral okay. stories and a lot of those. Um, I think just very lately since the pandemic hit us, um, you know, I started catching on to a little bit of Hotstar and Netflix. But I must be really honest. No, I was not in that state, um, you know, to watch too many movies or read too many books because I was busy on a lot of other things, you know, that that I was more focused on. Um, coming back to how much of a really, uh, you know, a role celluloid plays, I feel that the more people see around them is when they realize that um, I could this have spoken normal. about it. Yeah. This is normal. And, and that this is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something, uh, Piali. You know, today most of India relates to Bollywood the most, right? Yeah. I mean, this is most of us. Let's yeah. admit that while we are all very well read, we are globally well traveled, and all of us have nice careers and all of that. Some part of us is very Bollywood, right? Yeah. And yeah. and I would believe that when um, you know somebody like a Sushant Singh Rajput hung himself. And that story came to the limelight where he was on antidepressants and fighting depression and a lot of drugs and other things. There was a there was a whole lot of conversation around depression. So much. I mean, crazy amount of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there were so many doctors on television, interviews yeah. and podcasts. Yeah. I mean, podcasts on mental health. And I, I've known you for a while, Piali, and yeah. I know how strong yeah. a person you are. And, you know, um, you know, your your own battles that you fight on a daily basis. And I think right. it's 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 really a function of what you see around you makes you more aware of it. Absolutely. So I so you know when you sent me those questions um, and I went over it I was like such sharp questions you know Piali has put together because these are real questions I mean what else will yeah. you talk about so yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it plays a role Piali I think the information that each one consumes from it is different in different forms right. but I think right. it definitely helps right right. No, I mean, good to know that. And, um, you know, um, finally, my question to you would be, again, a slightly serious question, because this is a serious topic. I mean, let's of face course. it, uh, is that, you know, what is your message to women who dismiss postpartum depression as baby blues, you know, um, and baby blues for for the uninitiated is something that lasts only a few days after delivery. And, you know, it is not something that is long lasting like depression and anxiety. Um, and because a lot of women think that, oh, this is just baby blues and this will just pass and whatever it is, they don't actually reach out for help. What is your message to women like that? I would, there's just one single message, Piali. Don't hold yourself back. Cry if required. It's okay to cry. Express that you're feeling scared. There's a new human in your life. The person that you're giving birth to is real. The person is not going to go away. It's not really baby blues. It's yeah. it's, <laughs> it's mean, a lifelong commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The baby is definitely here to stay. The blues and the pinks may come and go, but I would say that um, there's 
it's real. So let's just talk about it. Let's understand that we can go through it. There's nothing wrong in going through it. Today, I don't suffer from postpartum depression. But as a mother, do I not suffer from anxiety? I do. Just today morning's example, Piali, when I dropped my son at the school gate and he did not see his everyday security guard, he came back crying and for a minute my heart just stopped. I was like, what happened? Yeah. So do we not live with that anxiousness on a daily basis? We do. So yeah. I think, um, you know, uh, today when we are talking, you're talking to a woman who has, you know, to some extent overcome that. But I still yeah. have my days when I do feel extremely anxious as a parent. Right. So baby blues are not and um, is not the right maybe term for it. It's just a more lighter term for it. But yeah. on a serious note, my singular message would be talk to people who you think can listen to you. At times, Piali, you don't need a person to give you advice or a suggestion, but it's sometimes just the ear to ear that does its part and sometimes you move on on your day. If there is an issue where you feel absolutely suicidal, you please, feel that I just for want help. Yeah. yeah, reach out for help. I mean, take the medicines, people. take the therapy. Yes, There's there no is shame nothing in it. wrong in taking it. Yeah. If yeah. you need it, please go ahead and see relevant doctors. I know of some women who are currently pregnant who have felt various range of emotions. In fact, they have felt depressed while carrying their own babies and really happy women, right? A, on an otherwise day, have already gone and done five or ten sessions of counseling and they're right. feeling much better to give birth to their babies. So right. use the means that are available. I think there are a lot of means available. If a yeah. real person can do good to you, if your friend can do good to you, go talk. If you need medicines, if you need to go meet a life coach or a psychologist, do it. If there is a if there is an extreme measure that you need to take where you need to put yourself into a different place or a different um, environment do it for a few days but help yourself and come out of it right right fantastic um, thank you so much for those you know words of wisdom uh, this brings me to the end of this uh, section of the podcast the next section is called take five with Piali which are very short quick questions um, the first one is a book on mental health that you would like to recommend to listeners I don't have a book for now, Piali, but um, on on uh, you know on a lighter note, I can leave you with a message that Julia Donaldson books are really awesome to read. If anybody does feel um, you know a little bit of um, you know that block when you have your baby, do read it with your baby. You all will feel better. But I'm really sorry, I don't have a book at at the top of my hand. No, that's all right. That's perfectly all right. Uh, complete the sentence. Mental illness is real. Thank you. Uh, what is the one thing you should not say to someone fighting a mental illness? You are sick. <laughs> yeah. Your recipe for self-care? Mm, in one word, it would be uh, my home. Because the more I, I bonded with my home, Piali, I did up my home in a very, very different, uh, you know, way in all shades of white. White brought oh. peace to me. Right. And that right. was self-care for me. Absolute right. self-care. Right, right. Um, and a message to those that are suffering from a mental illness. Go seek help. Talk about it. Um, don't be shy. 
everybody has a problem to deal with. Consider yours to be your problem or a solution that you're looking for. Go out, meet people, talk about it. And take and, help. Yeah, and take help. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much, Nirali, for doing this. Uh, you know, I know we, we took a little time to sort of plan this out. I think we were talking for about a good six months to actually plan yes. this out. And finally, I'm just glad that you um, you did this. And because this is a topic that that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, mostly because it's a very, very underrepresented topic within the within the spectrum of mental illness and uh, yet a very, very important topic. And I hope that uh, new mothers are listening and I hope that, you know, would be mothers are listening and I hope that, you know, people in general are listening and, and have found this conversation uh, insightful. Thank you so much again for joining the Mind Podium. Most welcome, Piali. Thank you so much for having me. I just I just want to leave you with this note that when you share this, um, you know, the recording and the video with me, I'm going to share it with not just women, but also with men Absolutely. in my network. Because Absolutely. I, want, I want them to realize that they can also have it. And two, if your girl has it, be there for her and make sure that you are the you know, you are the system that takes her to the right person and helps her get over it. So thank you so much, Piali, for doing this for me and um, much love to you on this one. Thank you. Thank you, Nirali. Bye bye. Time for a mental health. Did you know? Do you know what Princess Diana, Brooke Shields, Gwyneth Paltrow and Mary Jo Cody have in common? They have all suffered from postpartum depression. That brings us to the end of this episode of The Mind Podium. If you found this conversation thought-provoking, please do subscribe to The Mind Podium and click on the bell icon. Also, share it with your family and friends. Together, we can normalize conversations around mental health. Catch you soon.